One of my favorite resources for e-commerce user experience research is Baymart Institute. A couple of months ago, Baymart Institute released a report on 18 mobile user experience pitfalls on e-commerce stores. This week on the podcast, we're going through the report to discuss the first eight pitfalls and how to avoid them. Next week, we'll cover the rest. Let's dig in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Hey, Kelly. Let's say I can't write code, but I want to create workflows that carry out repetitive tasks automatically. So that way I can focus on my business and create great customer experiences. What would I use? I recommend Mesa, a no-code workflow builder for any action your customer takes. You can use Mesa's built-in features to extend your connected apps, set up email notifications, receive forms, schedule tasks, delay workflows, and much more. Developers like me also love Mesa because we can lift the hood on any automation to customize for total control. Okay, I'm in. How do I start? Go to getmesa.com. That's G-E-T-M-E-S-A.com. And their team of automation experts will support you on your journey 24-7. Every aspect of your website is a variable that could be impacting your business's revenue. We all want to grow our business, and we make changes with the hopes of seeing our business grow. Maybe you add a new graphic here, new social proof on your product page there. Maybe change your pricing. But do you know if this new thing is helping or hurting you? Today, testing is a requirement in understanding what is and isn't working for your business. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to test. In fact, I set up my first test in less than 10 minutes on a client's store using Meet A-B testing. After the test was live, we saw a confidence level on each of our tests to know which is actually best for the business. How? They showed us the additional revenue per view for each variant. Give our friends at Neat AB Testing a try today and start testing for your business. Head over to try.neatab.com slash commerce dash T to start your 14-day free trial. Again, that's try.neatab.com slash commerce dash T. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Ryan. How are you today? I am doing very well. How are you? I'm wonderful. I just uh, went to Savannah, Georgia for the first time in over 10 years. And I explored and it was fun. I can't wait to hear more. Was there a brewery that you liked? There was a distillery that I liked. Oh, a distillery. We're getting fancy. If there's whiskey, I'm there. Um, If any whiskey, like any distilleries want to sponsor Commerce Tea. (laughs) Just, this is is what I have to say to that, Kelly. Okay, so uh, Shopify sent both Kelly and I these buttons. It's the cha-ching sound when order comes in. Yeah. When, like, on the button, it says serotonin boost. It does. And I think it does give me a serotonin boost. So it does work. Thank you, Shopify. And you, Shopify. I love it. It's metal. It's staying on my desk. And I just keep on interrupting meetings by just going. Uh, so do I. I'm like, well, why else do I have a button? Exactly. got to use the button. You know what be great is if you're like in a heated meeting. This is not professional at all. If you're in a heated meeting and you need to take the temperature down and you're like, everybody, everybody, everybody. And then just like, <laughs> What is that for? Like to put everybody in a good mood. <laughs> Please enjoy this serotonin. 
Please enjoy sister. You just enraged people further. So, okay. <laughs> well, what are we talking about today? We're talking about common uh, e-commerce pitfalls, specifically when it comes to the mobile user experience. And this all comes from a website company called, it's not a website company. A webco. Company with a website. Uh, it's called Vmart <laughs> Institute. <laughs> and their it's whole thing tank. is, it's a think tank. <laughs> uh, they, they research user experience, like across all kinds of e-commerce websites. And they put together these amazing articles, all kinds of recommendations based on what they're seeing. And they have a premium I don't know how much it is. I don't remember. Um, they have a premium membership to get access to a lot of really great things. And I highly recommend subscribing if you are a merchant or a partner and you want to learn more about this stuff. Um, they are not paying me to say this. I have just been a subscriber to Baymart for a long time and I really, really like it. Like knowledge is power. And I mean that tr- truly. If you stop- And I will say there have been scenarios where a client is like, not going to call out any of the clients who are doing this, but who are like, I want to do this on the website. Yes, allegedly. Uh, I want to take, I want to, I want you to build this on the website. And I'm like, that's not a good idea. It defies all rules of user experience. They're like, well, can you prove it? And I'm like, actually, I can. And then I pull up, 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 pull up a link from Baymard and send it to them, and be like, see, it is not a good idea. Yeah, it, it's it's just nice to have that in your pocket, it, not only from a developer perspective. Just, I mean, everybody in the ecosystem could value or could find value in the Baymart Institute. And now we're done promoting uh, the Baymart Institute, even though we're going to be t- talking about it for the next 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, just never stop learning, right? Like that that's a huge part about being an ent- entrepreneur is if the second you stop learning, someone eeks ahead of you. If I stop reading about SEO, then guess what? The person next to me is going to know more than I do. And that's not how I want this game to be played. I want to know the most or as, as much as I can. And we we should all strive for that. So first off, why don't we talk before about- we, Yes. Before we go into like the first one, I did want to comment on how this is structured. So okay. this week's episode, we're talking about the homepage and we are talking about search. And this is search on your website, not like Google search. Yes. Next week, we're going to talk about forms and we're going to talk about site-wide issues that we often see or that Baymart often sees. So wanted to preface that, that we are talking about the homepage and we are talking mostly actually about search, which I think is such an area of opportunity for most brands that not nobody's really giving it that much thought. They are not. Uh, for a lot of reasons, which I think we'll get into momentarily. Yes. So let's go on the first one. I feel like you're going to have some opinions about this one. We're talking about the homepage. Okay, so homepage. You want to read the stat and then we can talk about it? Yes. 95% of mobile sites place ads in primary areas. Which I don't like at all, which I think we all know very well because this is will this is this is will be is a hill I die on. A, from a Google search perspective, not optimal. Google does not like this. We've talked about this. Happy to link to it in the show notes. B, it's just really jarring to your consumers. And actually what Baymart found out was you should keep your 
screen real estate for advertising, including internal ads to a minimum. So Baymart and I are high-fiving on this because I agree with them. <laughs> and it, it's just something to keep in mind. That there's just so many misconceptions, I think, regarding pop-ups and how and when to use them that we get stuck in this, well, I need to get more emails. And, you know, as email potentially fa- is, is ch- changing as per what we just learned uh, by WW, through WWC last week, things are going WWDC. to... WWDC. Did I say, what did I say? You you left off the, the important part being developers. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind them. You just made it a worldwide conference. <laughs> it's just a worldwide conference. By the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's Apple's conference. Apple's developer <laughs> conference. So uh, they, there were some announcements there regarding emails. And so a lot of folks are feeling really stressed about email placement. We're going to have somebody on uh, in, in about a month or so talking about emails. But this is a very, very long way to say just because you have a pop-up and it captures emails does not mean the pop-up is good, does not mean the emails are good, and does not mean that you have developed a fantastic user experience and you should look at the churn on that page because I'm betting the churn is high. Yeah, exactly. So to talk a little bit more about what this means, like what exactly, what ads are we talking about, especially when it comes to like internal ads, think about when you're running, let's say a Black Friday sale and you decide to replace the hero image on your website to promote the sale. That is an ad. That is not, yes, you're trying to, you know, incentivize people to shop by saying, hey, we're having a sale. But quite often, these ads are taking up so much space on your screen. And as a result, your customers are having to scroll down further on mobile to even start seeing some of your collections or products. Yes. And customers are very impatient. Exactly. I know because I am one. But also, (laughs) I know because the data says so. (laughs) It's not just a me thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, All right. Why don't we move to number two? Okay. So number two, also on the homepage, 57% of mobile sites fail to provide the full scope in the link text of suggested paths. That was a lot of words. Yeah. Can you define that for the not developers in the audience, including including myself? Yes. Okay. So let's say I am looking at new arrivals on a website. You're selling both men's clothing and women's clothing. And I'm scrolling down and I see a button. I see a link that just says new arrivals. And I click on it and find out, well, I've just been taken to men's new arrivals because at some point you showed a heading that said men's that I missed. Mm-hmm. That link should have said men's new arrivals. Yes, it should. Or women's new arrivals. So one extra word is not going to take up that much space, I promise. Um, just just provide the full scope of that link text in the suggested path. It, it also, again, helps with SEO. That's just how I'm going to addend is. every statement. It's just also it it's great for SEO. <laughs> All right, next up. And this has to do with on-page or on-store search or on-site yes. search. So that means you, when you go onto a site and up in the corner, there's a little spyglass, you click on it, you search. That's what we're talking about. Okay. 69% of mobile sites don't offer relevant autocomplete suggestions for closely misspelled search terms and queries. I'm actually shocked it's not higher than that. <laughs> I, I am like too, 90%. honestly. I thought it's real bad. <laughs> <laughs> so think about typing on your phone 
autocomplete on your or, or autocorrect on your phone is an amazing thing, but it's not always accurate. And sometimes you're just typing really fast. And let's say I want to look up some patio furniture. And I, instead of writing P-A-T-I-O, I accidentally write like P-A-T-O-O. It's patoo furniture. <laughs> and I just don't get any patio furniture results because apparently patoo is not a type of furniture. A good autocorrect situation here would be like, oh, you definitely did not mean patoo. Let's change this to patio and show you patio furniture. Most sites are not doing this. Yes. Most sites are not doing this. And there are, so Shopify has a predictive search that you can build into your theme if it's not already in there. They have a predictive search API. Uh, if you're working with a, a developer who can help you build this out, which is really cool, uh, or you can use uh, any of the Shopify apps that are in the app store. I think Algolia is one of the smartest ones out there. Uh, that can help really power your search. And also the tools like Algolia are really cool as well because you can literally promote specific products that you are trying to push over others. Even I'm not saying even if they're not relevant, obviously you want to keep it to be relevant, but you can still prioritize some products over others based on the search query. Yes, and and it's smart to do so. It is. Oh, and in the show notes, I'll provide a link to Algolia. And also if you're developer or you like developers like me. Uh, <laughs> if you are a developer or if you love a developer. If you love a developer, um, tell them thank you and tell them you appreciate all their hard work that generally goes to whatever. <laughs> um, I will post, I'll, I'll, I'll include a link to Shopify's documentation for this in the show notes as well. Hey, Rian, what can I do to help my support team be more efficient? I recommend Gorgeous. Gorgeous combines all your communications channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform that gives you an organized view of all help requests. This saves your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. Sounds great. What else can it do? With Gorgeous, you can pre-write and save responses to your most frequently asked questions. You even have access to the customer's order information, so you can personalize responses with things like an order or tracking number. This then frees up your time so your support team can focus on complex questions. This sounds like a great way to also increase sales and brand loyalty. Where can I learn more? To request a demo, visit commercet.com forward slash gorgeous. That's commercet.com slash G-O-R-G-I-A-S. All right. So another thing is that 79% of mobile sites don't include the search scope in the autocomplete suggestions. Kelly, I have some questions. One, what is search scope? (laughs) So think of your, it's like a category. We'll, we'll say it's like a, the category that you're looking to purchase from. Let's say you are looking for pots. What kind of pots? Are you looking for a gardening pot? Are you looking for some new pots and pans for your kitchen? So the idea of including the search scope in the autocomplete suggestions would be if I type in pots, I might see gardening or outdoor and then a little indicator and then pots or gardening pots, or I might see kitchen, 
pots and pans. So including these suggestions will help your customers get closer to what they're looking for instead of seeing all of the pots on the website that you happen to be selling. Like I'm curious, like if I were to search for on Home Depot, because Home Depot is large and sells a lot of stuff, I typed in the word pots. I guess there are going to be more pots for outside. Maybe that wasn't the best example. Well, I have I have a question here. So yeah. you, you'd mentioned the search API earlier. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned some themes. So I want to back up and then move forward a, a smidge. What themes do you know of that already include that is question one. Oh, that's a good question. Thank you. I'm honestly not sure. I want to say the themes from out of the sandbox have them, like uh, Turbo and Flex have predictive search API built into it. Um, I think archetype themes might as well. Those are just in the Shopify theme store. There could be. I'm sure there are others. I just haven't. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what the answer is to that. So when you use this search functionality, uh, whether it's through an app, through a theme, or if you develop it out, how important is it to use tags on your products in terms of how that into search. So this was a this is actually a really common misconception about tags on products. Uh, people tend to think that those tags, that tag section on the product editor is for tags for finding a product on Google. Yes, I know. Or in any search engine. <laughs> That's, everyone's like, but I tagged it. I'm like, uh, Google does not care. Those tags that you're adding, that's what on-site searches for. Also, you know, other things like categorization or, you know, labeling, if you want to use custom tags. Uh, But for this predictive search uh, API had been released where it helps out with these suggestions, I used to have clients tag their products with common misspellings because that was an easy way to get around the issue that we had just talked about what number? Last three? Last number ago, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yes, add product tags. These are really great options for those descriptors. So you're able to uh, show the correct product based on the the query that's being entered. Can you add tags into collections? No. Okay. Tags are a product thing. So when Shopify uh, conducts a search, if you're using the smart API, it, it it will pull up collections and products and tags correct? Does it use all three? It uses suggestions for products, collections, pages, and articles. Okay. Without it, what does it pull up? It's a one-to-one match, up, right? It pulls up, yeah, it's, it's more of a one-to-one match. It still, it pulls up all those four things unless you specify like products only. Um, but the predictive search API is, a, it's smarter, basically. Yeah. Awesome. This has been a challenge for a long time in terms of online shopping is the search functionality. And and oftentimes, and I mean big brands, I'll go and search on and I'm like, oh, this is not great. And I still can't find the thing that I'm looking for that I'm 99% sure that you have, like at Home Depot or somewhere else. So this is really interesting. I'm looking at the API docs. To maintain a streamlined and consistent experience, reduce search interface content and resource data to the minimum amount necessary to make the selection meaningful. Uh, using the API, you can control which elements are exposed or hidden. Okay, okay, this is never mind. Got it. Okay, this is just what shows up actually on the search results. I thought it was because it listed image, product, title, and price. I'm like, I need more than that if I'm going to be searching like 
by tags. So it's just what actually shows up when you conduct a search. And these this is what shows up in the results. Okay, glad we covered that. I was concerned for a hot minute. For a hot minute. It was a very quick hot minute. Okay, so what else should we be looking for? So we I kind of touched on this for something that Algolia can do. I'm going to go on to the next tip because I or issue rather because I think this is something that we should be looking for when we're building our search. Uh, and that is that 40% of mobile sites don't visually distinguish autocomplete product suggestions from query suggestions. So this goes back to using some kind of smart filtering app. Um, so for example, uh, Sephora, I don't know if this site is still like this, I assume because it's just been a couple months since this uh, this article came out. If you were to type in like moisturizer, for example, it does not start to tell, like if you type in like M-O-I-S-T-U-R, like you're starting to type in moisturizers. Um, it, it, this I'm reading this directly from the article. So it says, a user at Sephora sought a facial moisturizer and began to type M-O-I-S-T-U-R, but was presented only with a single keyword query suggestion, followed by several similar styled product suggestions that would lead to the product detail pages. She opted out of using autocomplete and submitted her query as is using the keyboard submit button. Basically, it was useless. Yeah, that's not optimal. Yeah. And when product suggestions aren't visually distinct from the query suggestions, so like this is what, a, based on your query, this is what you're seeing and then here are the, the products we're recommending, the experience can be pretty jarring. Because most people are expecting to explore products from the search, but instead they just end up on a product page. Like it yeah. just takes you right to a page, which can, is not can, helpful. Can we just unpack that, that this finding just so to make sure that we're all speaking the same language here? So visually distinguish, what does that mean? And then what is a query? A query is something you type into a search field. That is oh. that is what you're what you're searching for is your query. Uh, visually distinguished is literally how these the recommendations, the suggestions are presented after typing in that query. So being able to say, I know for sure this is a query suggestion based on what I've typed in. This is what's being recommended. And then this is a product. So you know when you click on that product link, you're being taken to a product page because that is what is the expected behavior. Excellent, excellent. Sometimes I feel like with think tank articles and pieces and white papers that I read about SEO, it they get it gets so niche in terms of verbiage used that sometimes we have to zoom out from it and say, okay, how how would a, a regular person who isn't super nerdy like us uh, view this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because it can, get, it can get really, really in the weeds. Okay, so if regarding this 40% of mobile sites not visually distinguishing autocomplete, how do we solve for it? You mentioned that app. Yeah, and that is literally my recommendation for fixing actually the last three that we mentioned is to use some <laughs> kind of smart search and filtering app. Okay. There are lots of them in the app store. Play with them, see what you like. And you will find one that is within your price point and also functions how you want it. 
fantastic. Okay, so the next tip or common pitfall is that 42% of mobile sites don't persist user search queries on the results page. Yes. So, keyword time. What does persist users search queries mean? (laughs) All right. So, let's say you are on a website you're on a store, you're searching for, let's say, earrings. And so you type in the word earrings. And then it takes you to the search results page and it's showing you all the queries for earrings. But then you realize, like, I actually want to look at, like, hoop earrings. Let's just throw out some example. But the search field where you had typed earrings is now empty. And so you have to retype the word earrings in there. You can't just add the word hoop. Mm. So persisting the search query means that you go from typing the search to landing on that page. And when you land on that search results page, the query is still showing in that box. Amazon always does this. That is one thing you will definitely notice when searching on Amazon. That query stays in there. I will say there's a lot of things I can say about Amazon that are not positive. There's a lot of things, though, I can say about Amazon that are positive And they have really figured out search. They have spent so much money on researching how to set up their their user experience on the website. And so Amazon's honestly a really great example of of how a website should function. Yeah, I would prefer it if it was prettier. But at the same time, look, it works. And you you don't need to reinvent the wheel if it works and it converts. Exactly. It works and it converts. Ah! That could be a tagline for a conversion rate company that's not ours. Okay. (laughs) So, Kelly, in this instance, when 42% of mobile sites don't persist user search queries, how do you fix this? You ask your developer. And where do I find a developer? You can find a developer at (laughs) experts.shopify.com or at (laughs) storetasker.com. I thought you were going to say at (laughs) taproom. Don't hire us. We don't do these small fixes like adding in the search query. So I was not going to recommend us. Yeah, I'm actually, the more and more I get asked about small fixes, the more I'm struggling to find people to refer folks to, to be honest. And it's as, as folks grow in the ecosystem and become more accomplished, the sizes of their projects get larger and larger, in which case then they kind of price out of that said marketplace. So mm-hmm. I love store tasker as an option. And yeah. Store tasker is really great for something like this. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. It's perfect for something like this. And you don't have to get into like some super long contract where there's, you know, with, with like with an agency, you have to do all this stuff. Store tasker operates a little bit differently. Yeah. Those stupid, super long contracts. Those contracts from those agencies with your statements of work. <laughs> Okay, so what's up next? So the next one we have, the penultimate. No, it's not. Just for this episode. Uh, (laughs) I was going to say, it's number seven. This episodic penultimate. (laughs) This epic, episodic penultimate pitfall. Pitfall. There we go. (laughs) Deep. Woo, that Um, sounds fancy. Yeah. This one was probably one of my favorites. 60% of mobile sites don't suggest alternate queries and paths. Why? Basically, like, 
you type in something and it does not give you what you're looking for and it just like let's say there are no results. Yeah, like if you put in moisturizer and but you don't have moisturizer, you should serve cleanser or something. If we're using if we're using this skincare thing throughout, why are we not serving other skincare products if you fail or if the search if the query fails at moisturizer? Exactly. So a really great option, as you mentioned, like a, a related, like some kind of similar search query that you might you might search for. Or um, I also see people on their zero search results page also include their bestsellers. Like, mm. well, we couldn't help you here, but we think you might like some of these things. Not bad, not bad. Dream both. Dream both. You can do it with a developer. Is there any other way to do it? It's not with the developer. I don't think so. I don't so. think so either. I don't think so either. <laughs> Maybe one of the search apps. What? So secondary question. What? How many? We're going to get so many emails. after. This. How many hours would something like this take to build? A custom search results page? Or are we like doing like the full predictive search API? Or are we just... I need to understand the scope of work in order to provide an estimate. So if the scope of work was the predictive search API and includes all of these things, so we have no pitfalls, we only have successes. To play it safe, I would estimate between six and 10 hours to integrate the search, the predictive search API. Anytime you're working with an API, you want to give plenty of time. Could very well be longer than that if you want a little bit more of a custom integration. But I'd say like a baseline integration, get it working, get autocomplete working, and then figure out how you want to set up the search results page. Uh, Six to 10, six to 12 hours um, for switching up the custom search, you know, other search queries. Uh, that could take another six to eight hours. That piece there is a little bit more complicated. Um, but just su- suggesting other products, you can easily do that in like two hours. Okay, so this is definitely something to put your money and time behind, but, but just be wary that this is a bit of a, it can be a bit of a pricey endeavor, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. It's one of those things that you should absolutely do because think of all of the folks that are bouncing out of of your search page, right? And how many missed opportunities and missed sales there are. I mean, I always think it's worth investing in good development work. I am running a development agency. I am a developer. Um, I am not one so though. I've, and I still think it's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying this to make money from it though. Obviously, I would like to pay the bills, but thankfully I am able to pay our bills and pay my team and everything. So I'm saying this as, uh, somebody who's been building Shopify stores since 2014, pay for a good developer. You get your money's worth out of your development team. Yeah, it's like a tattoo, you know? You pay for what you get. Yes. <laughs> and then you pay more if you no longer like that tattoo yeah, and want to get rid exactly. of it or change it. That yes. Actually, I think a tattoo is exactly the thing that we should just be comparing things to now. Is is I love it. Yeah, it's very true. So yeah, get what you pay for. Okay, so what is the last common pitfall that we should be avoiding? Uh, Yes, so the last one, according like in in this search topic, is forty percent of mobile sites don't auto direct or guide users to matching category scopes. This fact stresses me out. Why? Uh, uh, Because I don't because because it should. 
But I understand it's not that easy, right? Because a lot of search functionality out of the box just isn't great. So let's just, uh, let's uh, ID, what's it called? Define two different words real quick. Autodirect. Okay. Will you define autodirect, please? Autodirect means that you are automatically taken to what you're looking for. So if I type in, let's say, LED TVs, it will automatically take me to the collection called LED TVs. Fantastic. And what is a matching category scope? And what is a, or I guess, what is a category scope? A category scope is basically what I like a, a collection on your a collection or yeah. sub collection if you're using sub collections. Okay. Like women's, like women's wallets versus men's wallets or something like that. So, yes, everything when it comes to search requires a developer. That's your bad news. The good news is there are so many opportunities that you can use to improve the search functionality on your site. Yeah, and, and like I said earlier, it's it's totally worth doing this. It, because without doing this, you're you're just impacting your bottom line. So, yeah, it's some capital spent up front, but it's important to think what is the ROI on this capital spent? And so that's just a way to frame your thinking when it comes to this specific challenge. Because I know it can be hard as an entrepreneur. You're like, oh, great. I just have to spend more money. Excellent news. This is fun, y'all. Thank you. But it's at the same time, it's really, it's just important to, to think about and to know. It is. It's an investment. That's what it is. You're, you're investing in ads. Invest in your website. What's the point in running ads for your website if your website is not performing at its best? Do not even get me started about that very spicy topic that I love to talk about. <laughs> that should be its own episode. It should be its own episode. You're correct. But seriously, don't spend money on ads that aren't going to convert. It's a waste of money. How about we do some store shout outs? Store shout outs of the week. Kelly, what is your store shout out? So... I am shouting out a company called Flow Vitamins. Um, it's a really fun topic of conversation. They sell a PMS gummy vitamin. Um, it's tasty. And I don't actually know <laughs> if it's doing anything, but I like to eat them every day. Hey, um, that's all that really, really, matters. really Exactly, exactly. Um, but basically, I had received a not great shipment of it. it just, Something had happened in shipping and it just did not go well. Um, and I reached out to them. They responded to me same day and they were like, we will ship you out a new one. And I was like, I'm about to leave for a road trip. When will this arrive? And they're like, well, probably won't arrive until afterwards. So we will adjust your ship date to arrive the week that you get back. So you have it when you, as soon as you get back and we're not going to charge you for it. So Ooh. it worked out beautifully. And... Their packaging is super cute, and I'm just a big fan of them. Good customer service. I love great customer service. They really went out of their way for you, and I think that that's always so important. Exactly. What about you? So mine is the cola, which I might be pronouncing incorrectly, chocolatier. Our friend Nick Cho of Your Korean Dad fame had a special chocolate box. And I ordered it and I'm showing Kelly right now, but you can see his trademark little, the heart at the, oh okay. yeah. Anyways. So not only is this product absolutely fantastic. It's some of the best chocolate I've ever had in my life. 
I made a mistake. This goes to great customer service. I made a mistake in my checkout process and I accidentally made it so there would have to be a signature. And I was like, oh no, that's not going to happen. And then I also was like, oh, and it's hot out and they have a special option for hot because it's chocolate and chocolate is melty. So I just emailed them real quick and right in response to the the confirmation email, I said, oh my word, I'm so sorry. Made a mistake. I know that there's a price difference. Please go ahead and bill me. They invoiced me like the three or $4 difference. I, I paid for it. And then I got my box a day later. I love that. And I put it on my desk, which is a terrible place to put chocolate because now I'm like kind of just obsessed with them and I want to just keep ordering them, but I don't think that's sustainable for my health. But I'll let you know. They even have a peanut butter and jelly. It's strawberry pate with peanut butter and milk chocolate. It was, it was so tasty. I would like to eat this. It's I recommend it. I, I truly do. And it's great to just have on your desk. Is it though? Is it? What? Yeah, until it's gone. Which <laughs> I've been doing. I have both caramel and chocolate on my desk right now because I got gifted caramel as well. And I haven't eaten them all, which I think is a testament to my self-control. I'm proud of you. Thank you. And I love sweets. Like too much. Um, by the way, Reed's birthday is coming up pretty soon here. If you want to send her some sweets. That is true. I do love candy and sweets. <laughs> I'm like a child. I'm like ice cream. <laughs> I, I'm staying at a new place. Um, I'm in between Long Beach and my home right now, uh, off and on. And you can get Jenny's ice cream delivered. So I had my first ever Jenny's ice cream this past week. And I ordered four kinds because I wanted to taste test them, which I think is totally reasonable. Absolutely. But one thing that Kelly didn't warn me about ahead of time was once you open, it's like a Pringle. You know, like once yep. you pop, you can't once stop. Once you pop, the fun can't stop. Yeah, yep. it's really that kind of a challenge with Jenny's ice cream. So, which <laughs> kudos to their team for producing such a great product. Okay, okay. Well, I think we're done for the week. I think we're done. I think that wraps it up. So, thank you for tuning in. And thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. We have a YouTube channel. You can visit it at youtube.com slash commerce tea. If you like our podcast, please leave us a review. Reviews make us very happy. And we like to read them. Please. You can subscribe to Commerce Tea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can subscribe to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Wednesday. So grab your mug and join us then. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify app store.